Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. But we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed and shot inside Yeah, we the are at uh, Melrose Avenue and Rossmore. Back here is our the radio off-duty show. sheriff's deputies are directed to contact. Earthquake. Yep, We're having an earthquake. And now we see more smoke billowing out of the window. And now coming from the driver's side. So it does appear that he's smoking. getting hot. Wildfires in Southern California burned about a and thousand And I am homes, telling each and every one of you right now, this is the last new ownership press conference I will ever attend. It looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's does. why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. All of the news, everything you need to know, south of Santa Barbara, where 19 million Californians live, so you can win your Monday and be on top of it. If by uh, it you mean the news and stuff. And uh, a missing swimmer down in Huntington Beach. We'll give you updates on that. But there is a uh, there's a spate of heavy surf, as you heard Michael Chappelle just say, uh, coming in <clears throat> today and uh, overnight. And then and we have a uh, uh, we we might be on the edge of a hurricane in a few days. Hurricane Bud. This is going to be Bud. Bud. Hey, Bud. This Bud's for you. Yep. And so we'll um, we'll be getting the outer edges of Bud uh, later on the, in a few days. And that means heavy surf coming from the south to the north uh, as it uh, crashes so into the southland. Just big waves, not <clears throat> not any uh, horrible No, none water. of the. We never get yeah. hurricanes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're at the latitude where in the Caribbean... You know, they go all the way up the East Coast, but for some reason here on the Pacific Coast, they just kind of die at the Gulf of uh, Mexico. We never get we never get that that inundation, that that heavy rain, even <clears throat> um, certainly not any sort of a hurricaney uh, sort of winds. Um, and then uh, some some late entries. Uh, uh, man up there in Sun Valley, uh, just to the north of us. There were the sort of the, the crotch of the 170 and the 5, uh, struck and killed by an Amtrak train. And uh, violence in Valley Village, uh, a, a road rage killing in Compton, or was it? And then also uh, uh, gunfire in, did I say that? Gunfire in Valley Village? Uh, yeah. A, a yeah. Par- party broken up, I guess is what, what we should say. A, a, a loud loud party, seven wounded. In normally quiet Valley Village, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. But the big story, of course, is that at the Pride Parade in West Hollywood last night, um, some uh, some naked boobs got on CBS. Oh no! Yeah, and and this is sort of an unknown fun fact about Pride parades. Pride parades are not just gay men wearing gold thongs, riding gigantic penis-shaped bananas. Uh, that it also celebrates, you know, uh, lesbians, transsexual, the whole thing. Some of the women at the Pride Parade always feel the need uh, to not even wear body paint, just strip right down to the nothing. And so <clears throat> what happened last night, I don't know how this happens. I, I thought the Pride Parade was a street party, but for some reason, somehow they oversold tickets to a street party. But uh, don't worry, CBS had a man on the scene. Breaking news in West Hollywood at the L.A. Pride Festival. Here's a look from Sky 2. Deputies are trying to break up unruly crowds. That's because the festival reached capacity and people are being turned away. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department says they are telling people to leave. Leave. CBS 2's Chris Holstrom has a look. 
at the chaos from the. So Chris Holstrom, I don't know if he drew the short straw or whatever, but he gets to be down at the the Pride Parade. He looks, he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like he's having a great time uh, surrounded by the people that he's surrounded by. I don't know. I might be assuming too much. He didn't look like he was enjoying the assignment. The moment he starts talking, now on online, if you go to the CBS Two website, the boobies are pixelated out. But this was a live shot, and with no delay, no uh, no delay. So they throw it down to him, to Chris Holstrom, on right there on whatever it was a Wilshire, and a woman with her boobies flopping out walks right by, and she knew full well what was what the light and the camera were for. Brown. Peter and Amy, it is right. a madhouse out here. For the first time ever, there. LA Pride there they go. sold out. And take a look. More than 40,000 tickets sold. Right now, the sheriff's department trying to get people to stay And so he goes on, and at, towards the no end of his uh, in. They're report. also announcing it over the chopper, saying, clear the sidewalk. You can hear now, that. The they're, actually, they're actually on the chopper. Please clear out of West Hollywood. And uh, so at, at this point, I think people are seeing that there's a live shot happening. And in this day and age, what do you do? You photobomb. And so another another set of bare boobs it's walks by right issue. here. Definitely a lot of upset people, especially. All right, and here is a live look at West Hollywood from Sky 2. They the go back to the uh, helicopter right shot. Now and pretty quickly, uh, the sheriff's department says people. I, I don't know. It's like, is this a surprise? <laughs> They've been having this this uh, this pride festival for 30 years or whatever. Today was the, the the parade and all. That. I'm I'm guessing that there were no live shots at the parade. I'm, I'm thinking that the, they were trained to look for uh, too much exposure below the waist, not uh, above. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the maybe the homophobia is there in the engineering booth at at, at CBS Channel Two. And they were assuming that male nudity was going to be the Which issue, when in yeah. fact female nudity uh, reared its ugly head and uh, cast a giant shadow. And um, not so, not so giant shadow. And it often tends to be camera level. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that happened. <clears throat> um, the manhunt is underway after a man shot in Desert Hot Springs. Um, one man was shot in Desert Hot Springs Sunday afternoon. Police are actively searching for the shooter. The shooting happened uh, on Eighth Street around two twenty p.m. So the public information officer Dariah Wilms. When a viewer reported a helicopter was circling the area, this is a developing story. Uh, no, uh, no uh, observation. In in uh, local local news, I picked up four hikers on the Pacific Crest Trail and drove them into Tehachapi. Um, the the Pacific Crest four? Trail it it wow. uh, it it skirts Tehachapi proper and it starts heading to the East Sierra as it comes through Antelope Valley. And I was going to a hardware store uh, up in uh, Tehachapi, and they're on the side of the road where the trail crosses over the road. And I pulled. I had. I had the room, and I said, "If you're going to Tehachapi, I, I got a ride for you." And uh, so they said, "Yeah." And they uh, and there was three three do a guy from the Bay Area, two guys from the East Coast, and then a, a, a young woman from Canada. So we're talking, and um, and I said, "Where are you going in Tehachapi?" And they said, "We're going to a Thai restaurant called Thai Hatchapi." <laughs> Never heard of it, really. Thai Hatchapi. I want to visit it. It's Thai Hatchapi. It's, it's, it's Tehachapi cool, for yeah. Thai people. Thai Hatchapi. Were, were they really doing the full route? Uh, yeah. Wow. As well, at least up to the Bay Area, where, where this one guy was from. So, so I said, where in Canada are you from? And she goes, I'm from Victoria. It's across the water from Seattle. And I said, well, in fact, you don't have to do that with me because I'm from Port Angeles, which is actually across which is the water really from across, Victoria. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're just saying that as a play as a place marker. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, suddenly clear blue sky. I uh, give a ride to someone from uh, Victoria, BC. And nobody asked. <clears throat> you're not a serial killer or anything like that. Or did you ask them that? They never asked till it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that's the thing. They had they a sense of humor. Coming. They had a sense of humor because I, I said, okay, don't get kidnapped. And the guy said, what if we're the murderers? Right. And I went, and it was me with the brush with death. But uh, no, they were uh, darn good kids. And I dropped them off there at Thai Hatchapi. In, uh, so when you're visiting Tehachapi, be sure to visit. So Thai you Hatchapi. saw it. You saw the the restaurant. I can confirm it exists. Wow. Yeah, there's Old Town Tehachapi. So actually, Tehachapi is like a well-armed Ojai, and I would. <laughs> it, it's a fun place to pop into for a day. Really? Yeah. It's you know Ojai is up there in the mountains. It has a great Old Town. Uh, you know, it's a neat little day trip to rip up to Ojai for breakfast and walk around and buy T-shirts and you know tchotchkes and all that. But but it's still kind of a you know sort of a PC, uh, almost like an island of wet of Westwood or something up there. Ojai is the West. Ojai, Ojai is the dangling scrotum of the San Joaquin Valley, and it doesn't care if you know it. Oh. You know, Ojai is up there at four thousand feet, and f you if you don't like that altitude. Trains go through there. Uh, I mean, pardon me, Tehachapi is the the dangling scrotum. And uh, and like I say, a well-armed Ojai. You were way out there. That's way yeah. out there. Yeah, no, I, I like it. it's a it's a neat little trip. I like I love uh, Tehachapi. Um, but meanwhile, you know who doesn't love the law? Ryan O'Neill's kid. Mm -hmm. This happened. The charges happened on Friday night. When we come back, we'll play this for you. So, <clears throat> Farrah Fawcett and Ryan O'Neill had I don't know how many kids they had, but they had they had a son. They named him Redmond. I'm assuming because Ryan O'Neill was in. Barry Lyndon, the, the Kubrick film. Where Which is a great film. Great. It's funny, a lot of people have forgotten that Kubrick film. It's a great film. Um, and uh, and his, that was one of his middle names, was, was uh, Redmond Barry Lyndon or whatever. So he named the kid this. So here's a kid running around Hollywood, looks like Ryan O'Neill, looks like Farrah Fawcett, and he's thinking, you know what, I'll get some face and neck tattoos just so that I'm really absolutely unforgettable. He does that. Um, and then uh, as he goes on a May, May to June crime spree, beating and stabbing people, there's one common identifier that the victims keep coming back to. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll uh, come back and play that for you. Ryan O'Neill's kid in a lot of trouble uh, tonight. Well, and he has been for a long time. Uh Stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. And then uh, Coast to Coast takes over, uh, wrapping up everything that happened here in the weekend for you. And uh, so the Amtrak story, Sun Valley. A pedestrian died after being struck by an Amtrak train in Sun Valley on Sunday. Officials said the incident happened around 1.14 p.m. This afternoon on Coldwater Canyon, the person hit by the train was pronounced dead at the scene, according to the statement. <clears throat> uh, while suicide was not ruled out, it appeared the unidentified victim was killed while trying to beat the train across the tracks. An officer with the LAPD told uh, Channel 5 the victim was believed to be believed to be a man in his 20s. His name was not immediately released. The investigation was ongoing, so... When when they pronounce at the scene and they're pretty much flipping a coin, 
on the gender of the of the body. Oof. That's that's it. Yeah, that's <clears throat> right there. Um, we'll get to this a little uh, here in a little bit, but wait till you hear about the officer involved shooting in the hospital in Boyle Heights. And I have a theory. I have I have it from a man on the inside about why this happened, uh, and that this is a tactic amongst um, gentlemen who have had frequent interactions with California's uh, criminal justice system. But uh, now the case of Redmond O'Neill, the love uh, spur, the uh, the offspring. Of uh, Ryan O'Neill and uh, Farrah Fawcett, uh, springing from Farrah Fawcett's loins uh, some 33 years ago. And uh, Tatum, Tatum O'Neill's, Ryan O'Neill's daughter from uh, uh, his first wife, Tatum O'Neill had, you know, has a career. And I, I think I, she's had her problems, her run in. It's no different than anyone else in Hollywood. By, by the way, quick aside if you're a celebrity and you, you're, you're already looking good, why not take an awesome mugshot after you rolled up in a Huntington Beach DUI checkpoint last night? I tweeted out the mugshot of Vince Vaughn, who was arrested last night. Man, he looks great. It yeah, looks, it looks like it just worked out. <laughs> it looks you know? like a publicity photo. It was like surfing or something. Yeah, and I mean, he's even smiling. I mean, because, you know, he knows he's, he can afford a lawyer and, uh, and the whole thing. But he does, that's the thing. Uh, you compare him to Nick Nolte or any of the famous <laughs> booking photos. Yeah. He doesn't even look like he's had a drink. No. Um, Nick Nolte looks like he has no idea that there's a camera in front of him, and he he begins uh, pleading. I think it's the hair for Nick Nolte. Yeah, it's just bugged yeah. out, bugged out all total the disheveled. Just yeah. <laughs> so Redmond O'Neill was arrested on May 8th after he was identified as a suspect in a 7-Eleven store robbery. Um, they began doing the uh, LAPD began uh, sifting for clues, and they began seeing that there was a common thread amongst some other random crimes, including stabbings that happened. Uh, and so uh, here is our good friends down the street. They're Channel 7. I forgot their call letters. And here is uh, Leanne Suter getting his name wrong when they throw to her live. His name is Redmond O'Neill, not Raymond O'Neill. That's right, Michelle. Raymond O'Neill is accused of uh, attempted murder. He's also accused of assault with a deadly weapon. He was arrested at a, for a 7-Eleven robbery, and police say it was that arrest that helped them connect him to a string of violent crimes. Redmond O'Neill has a history of drug and legal troubles. The 33-year-old son of Farrah Fawcett and Ryan O'Neill now facing half a dozen new charges connected to a violent crime spree in Venice in which five men were viciously attacked, one of them stabbed in the head. I think it's sad. I feel bad because uh, celebrity parents, you would think he'd have a good education and good well, this lifestyle. Is, this is some rando. But I guess... They're uh, in Venice Beach. You just do an MOS on this? <clears throat> yeah, and, and it's he... Redmond O'Neill alternately shaves his head or grows his hair out bright red. But but here's here's the thing. when They're, they're showing him in court. So this, this is how this... This is where we are. He's arrested back on May 8th. He has a very distinctive appearance. Somebody in LAPD um, says, you know what, we have a string of attacks in Venice Beach. So Redmond O'Neill, Ryan O'Neill's son, was like a one-man crime wave in Venice Beach. And they had him in custody when they figured this out. Because part of the deal is he has, he, he has a distinctive look. He has bright red hair. Uh, and then just to blend in, I guess, with uh, humanity, he has face tats. And and neck tats and things like that. And so he's attacking people who are remembering 
the face tats, so they, they put it all together. Arrested in May for allegedly robbing a 7-Eleven. Authorities say the 33-year-old's arrest and his distinct features were the key to cracking the case in a string of unprovoked Here, Here's attacks. LAPD. His uh, standout uh, hair color and just tattoos. They were distinct tattoos that were identified by all the victims at the same time. Authorities say the violence began May 2nd when a man was randomly attacked on Overland. The suspect, described as having red hair and tattoos, tried to cut the victim with a broken bottle. The next day, another victim on Overland, beaten for no reason at a convenience store. Then May 4th, near the Venice boardwalk, police say a man was stabbed for simply looking at the suspect. Again, red hair and tattoos. Several hours later, another man found lying in a pool of blood on 4th near Rose Avenue. Stab wounds to his head and body. On May 5th, inside a coffee shop at Pacific and Windward, the same suspect tried to stab an employee with a knife. The attack suddenly stopping days later when O'Neill was arrested for... Huh? So uh, LAPD are sitting up and taking notice, seeing uh, all these attacks, stabs to the head, stabbing people in the head with a knife. Uh, and they all have the same story about who did it. Suspect tried to stab an employee with a knife. The attack suddenly stopping days later when O'Neill was arrested for robbery. The motive authorities say unknown. They all seem to be random. It appears, though, um, based on what we know now, that it just started as an argument between unknown persons and quickly escalated with the violent act. Sounds like drugs, but uh, his his uh, what he's looking at now. Uh, is going to be one count of attempted murder, two counts of assault with a deadly weapon, one count of criminal threats, one count of brandishing a knife, one count of battery, and uh, even even in the days of Prop 47 and 57, uh, that might that might put him in jail for maybe 31 days. So we don't know, but uh, that's uh, that, that's that's a lot of crimes there in a short amount of time. So that's uh, the the son of Ryan O'Neill and Farrah Fawcett, Redmond O'Neill. So if you have been attacked by a guy with facial tats and bright red hair who for some odd reason maybe sparks a memory of what you were doing uh, in your own room and the privacy of your own room when you were 12 years old with that one poster, you might want to contact LAPD because it turns out it's a dude and it's Farrah Fawcett's son. So that's why. You're ex totally excused. Blue one piece or red one piece? The red. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you're, you might be thinking of, uh, what's her name from, from uh, Fall Guy? The the blonde from Fall Guy. No, I was a fair faucet. I thought she did it both in blue and red. Oh, I thought. No, I could I, be wrong. Yeah, I imprinted I on the uh, on on the red. And by that, I mean I I, I don't mean <laughs> I got anything on it. I mean, it was like four feet away. Uh, we'll be back right after this. It's uh, Super Hyper Local Sunday Brides. It's uh, in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Sunday, wrapping up everything that happened all weekend long. We'll give you an update, uh, the latest from Huntington Beach, where uh, lifeguards and helicopters searching for a missing swimmer in a uh, very, very heavy surf. But uh, a really, really curious thing happened. Uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, it, it began with an arrest on Friday night of a man in his 20s or 30s. Uh, who is suspected of having gang ties. Yeah! 
A man was in critical condition following a physical altercation with two police officers that resulted in him getting shot inside of a Boyle Heights hospital. This began Friday night when a man with possible gang ties was arrested on a felony crime taken to uh, the LAPD Hollenbeck station in Boyle Heights. The man then told authorities he needed to see a doctor immediately. He had a medical emergency. So he's taken to White Memorial Medical Center in Boyle Heights, which is, I guess, not, not a trauma center. While in an exam room adjacent to the emergency room, a struggle emerged between the man and the two officers, which resulted in the OIS. The officer involved shooting. Why, uh, you say? The man was struck. He was taken to a nearby hospital that did have an ER where he is receiving treatment for his critical injuries. Um, and this is why, because certain people who are frequent flyers in the criminal justice system know that when you're taken into custody by police, and you declare that you have a medical emergency. They must take you for medical treatment uh, forthwith and cannot delay. When you're at the hospital, they remove your handcuffs. So it's a ploy in, in many, 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 many cases. Many, 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 many cases. In many, many cases. Most, maybe? In most cases, it's a ploy to get the cuffs off. And so that's what um, th- that's what my man on the inside says. This was the officers were watching the guy. <clears throat> um, so the guy without cuffs now is resisting, and and he's making uh, a move for the officers' weapons. And folks, couple things. Um, uh, le- just let me reiterate some of the rules of life that I've laid out here on Super Hyper Local Sunday. If you have a knife and the cops have a gun, they get to use the gun on you. Okay, it's not the sharks and the jets. They don't have to break a bottle and come at you or find a knife or a scalpel. You come at them with a knife, and if you're stupid enough to come to a gunfight with a knife, you're going to catch some lead, okay? Um, thing two, if if you are, quote, unarmed, but you're going for a cop's gun, you're not unarmed. You're attempting to acquire lethal force. So there's that. So, so I just I get a feeling, though, because there's rarely— Rarely do they go to the streets and march for justice when it's a gangster uh, who's shot. Uh, it is unclear if both officers shot the man, according to LAPD. Uh, uh, spokesperson Aguilar uh, did not know where the man was shot. No one else was injured. Normal operations will continue at the hospital, uh, said the LAPD uh, spokesperson. So that's that's how you get an officer-involved shooting um, actually in the uh, the hospital. So there there you go. Um, San Bernardino, we, uh, we have a body and uh, this one they're saying decomposed. They don't know how long it was there, but an ugly incident. Now at six, a disturbing discovery in the Inland Empire, the body of a missing woman found wrapped in a tarp inside what police are saying was a makeshift coffin. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kathy Vara. Hi, everyone. I'm McConnell Medina. Let's get straight away to NBC4's Christine Kim. She's live in San Bernardino with new information tonight. Christine. McCullough and Kathy, San Bernardino police tell us that the woman's body that was found here, uh, they realized that she had been reported missing, and they tell us that her mother received the terrible news today that her daughter's body was found. Now, San Bernardino police say passersby made the disturbing discovery, a woman's body wrapped in a tarp and stuffed inside a plywood box. Investigators say the decomposing body was found just after 8 this morning in a parking lot of Adel Rosa Avenue and Pomona Street. Detectives combed through the lot, putting down evidence markers on what 
that could help the investigation. They focused in an area behind a liquor store and a car wash located near homes and apartments. And it's just scary that I live down the street and my kids, you know, walk around the neighborhood, not over here, but it's close to home. So you never know what's going on around here. And uh, there you go. So they did identify the victim. The victim was 34-year-old Marlene Santellen of San Bernardino. was found on the ground wrapped in a blue tarp. Uh, police are not uh, releasing any any sort of uh, method of death or reason for death or anything like that. <clears throat> so we'll uh, we'll see what San Bernardino uh, has about that a little later on, if uh, if at all. I didn't know this guy. Uh, I've never watched the go- See, we had a walk-on on the Goldbergs. Was it a walk-on or was he... A recurring, uh, was he- they said a, wa- a recurring role. Recurring. Recurring okay. role. Anyway, actor Jackson O'Dell um, is dead. The L.A. County coroner is investigating the death of actor Jackson O'Dell. A 20-year-old found unresponsive Friday at his home in Tarzana. Uh, he was in the 2011 film Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer and had a recurring role in the Goldbergs as Ari Caldwell. He also appeared in episodes of Modern Family and Arrested Development. He got into acting when he was 12. He was also a singer-songwriter who had several songwriting credits on the soundtrack of the film Forever My Girl. So a guy guy making a living, doing his, doing his due in the showbiz since he was 12 years old, dead at the age of 20. Uh, so an autopsy should be completed within the next uh, couple of days. But, uh, but uh, yeah, never, never heard of him, but he had fans and uh, died at home. I forgot the guy, the guy who was in Star Trek, the Russian kid who was mm. who killed by his own Jeep right. last year in Studio City. And Anton Yeltsin. Ant- what, wait, what was his last name? I said Yeltsin. It wasn't Yeltsin. Was it, was it? Yelkin. 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 Close. That's right. Yeah, that's. That um, is it, it, that could happen to anyone. Right. <clears throat> when he died, they said immediately, you know, the vehicle came out of park, or you know, whatever it was. But uh, dying, dying in your home, age of twenty. Yeah, so we'll just see what uh, they have to say. Uh, all right, we'll be back in just a second. Super hyper local Sunday. Uh, Brian suits uh, back right after this. A uh, Braves pitcher gets his hotel room looted. That and more coming up right after this KFI M640 more stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. Whoa, stop everything. Every Stop the news. Stop absolutely everything. Stop Pride Week. Stop absolutely everything. A celebrity oh. has said F Trump. Robert De Niro, uh, not hosting. He's at the Tony's uh, tonight. I don't know if he was winning something or presenting something or whatever, but uh, the, the Hollywood's a buzz because in Manhattan, in front of a bunch of professional theater people, Robert De Niro had the unmitigated balls to offend all of them by saying this. It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. <gasps> and of course, it was a partial standing ov- ovation uh, and uh, the whole thing. When a partial standing ovation? I mean, yeah, no, no, no jo- I saw the video clip, no joke. Yeah. They are on their feet. Who and- didn't? 
They're going to be blackballed <laughs> from Broadway. Who, whoever didn't stand is like a list of people we hate because they didn't stand up when De Niro said, F Trump. It's no longer down with Trump. It's Trump. You know, and that was also, it's funny, that was, that was really uh, the end of Gaddafi. When the, when the Libyan rebels, they said down with Gaddafi for a, a, like about six months. And then one day a guy stood up and he said, F Gaddafi. And then went, you know what? I, I'm there too. I've really gone around the corner from down with him to F him. And, uh, and that's, boy, you've really turned a corner with uh, certain segments of society when, when they, uh, they drop the pretense of down with you or a pox upon ye or, or whatever. Pox upon ye. <laughs> and, and, and they go with this F ye like, like Shakespeare. You know, the final act of Merchant of uh, Venice, when uh, when they said, F ye. Well, we all know what happened to Gaddafi. Yeah. It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. Was that televised? Is that even televised? It was beat out, you know, and I guess on the East Coast it was live and the whole thing. But, I mean, you know, if anyone's wondering, if you're following along at home... Um, if you think that what Robert De Niro did is is brave and edgy, keep in mind he's Robert De Niro. He's in Manhattan. He's in New York for professional theater people who are winning awards. You you couldn't get much more far to the. You couldn't squeeze a Bernie Sanders in Karl Marx's butt cheeks to the left of this crowd. Okay, there's no room to the left of 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 Broadway giving each other awards. Like a gigantic circle jerk, and Robert De Niro's the postman. He's so so clearly, you, you know, he's he's not in front of the Wyoming GOP annual Abraham Lincoln fundraiser when he says, "It's no longer down with Trump." It's Trump. I thought he was more clever than that, but it's funny when he's off script. When Robert De Niro is not reading from prepared text, he is not the swiftest arrow in the quiver. But. Uh, he will be a darling for everyone. Uh, the director of This Is Us, uh, Ken Olin, a, uh, a very, very loud lefty anti-Trumper here in Hollywood, has already said, Robert De Niro for Oscars or whatever. <laughs> yeah! Because can you believe the bravery on Robert De Niro? Boy, <clears throat> he may never work again in Hollywood. That's uh, just astounding. Um, so anyway, so that's that's going to be a thing. You're going to hear about that all day, day tomorrow, and that's all over the uh, the uh, the inter twitters. Um, so we'll we'll get to this next hour. But uh, uh, Ball, it's a it's a man, Anibal Sanchez, uh, Atlanta Braves pitcher, who got the win last night uh, with the uh, the the Doyers here with a uh, home uh, three game series against the Braves. By the, and by the way, I don't even know, um, uh, Engineer Josh, did the Doyers win today? Did they win the, the, the series? They had, oh, no, they had three home they runs today. They did win right? the series. Yeah, they had three home runs today. So that's what I said to Tim Cates because he kept calling it the rubber match all day. Oh, or the rubber match for the pregame show. And I said, well, you know what? When you split at home, the third game, there should be a condom giveaway without any announcement. Just like, you know, just a condom giveaway. But... So anyway, the pitcher for the Braves gets back to their hotel, and I don't know what it is. It's cl- probably close to, uh, to Chavez Ravine, <clears throat> somewhere downtown, like maybe the Roosevelt or something. I don't know where visiting teams stay when they stay in L.A., but the winning pitcher, and the, I guess the guy did pretty well last night. He's, he's new to the Braves. He goes up to his room. His room has been broken into, and $100,000 of jewelry, including four watches, have been stolen. 
So I, I've never made Major League Baseball money. And I've never won the lottery or whatever. But traveling, um, you're a, first of all, you're a guy and you're a professional athlete. $100,000 worth of jewelry in, in your uh, hotel room plus four watches for a road trip. And this is fun. like now they go up to San Francisco, so it's like a six-game or nine-game road trip. You can't leave for ten days. You can't. You can. You can't live with just one watch. Got to go out to dinner. I do you? It's, I mean, maybe okay. Wear one gold necklace or a scorpion or whatever. I don't know. Was it all guys' jewelry? Or it was all he... his. Yeah, oh. it was his. He here's a guy who goes out who can't travel without a hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry plus four watches, and then also this is why hotels have safes. When you check in, you say, put this in your safe. They're now responsible for it. You put it in your room, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've, I'm not saying it's an inside job. I don't know what hotel it was at. I'm just saying you put something like that in your room? I, I think you're asking for it. We'll be back in uh, hour number two of Super Hyper Local Sunday, back right after this KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. It's no longer down with Trump. It's- Trump. He, 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 he. Thank you. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. But we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed and shot inside. Yeah, we the are at uh, Melrose Avenue and Rossmore. Back here is our off-duty sheriff's deputies. Our director's a kind earthquake. Yep, we're having an earthquake. And now we see more smoke billowing out of the window. And now coming from the driver's side. So it does appear that he's smoking, getting hot. Wildfires in Southern California burned about a thousand And I am homes, telling each and every one of you right now, this is the last new ownership press conference I will ever attend. It looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday, hour number two. And uh, we'll get to the sports with uh, El Sportsball Caliente. Kevin Figures from the Petrus and Money afternoon show there on KLAC. Your home of the Doyers. And uh, if you are just joining us, Hollywood is rocked by the the bravery and edginess of Robert De Niro at the Tony Awards, still on TV uh, tonight uh, in in his extemporaneous, completely off the cuff, not rehearsed whatsoever remarks in front of the far, far, far right ultra conservative audience known as New York theater folk at the Tony Awards. Uh, not caring a whit about his career or the black ball that certainly <clears throat> will go over his name. Uh, and in, in spite of knowing that he's committing career suicide in front of uh, Manhattan elites, nevertheless, he says, It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. So, uh, I hope you had a good career, Mr. De Niro, because your phone won't be ringing anytime soon now. Uh, you know, it's funny if he had said Obama. That, that would be absolutely true. If, if he had stood up in front of that audience and said uh, Hillary, that would have been absolutely true. Um, still some, some shooting, some other violence to get to, uh, including at a uh, Valley Village uh, party. Normally peaceful Valley Village. There was gunplay um, overnight and a, a shooting leading to uh, seven wounded but uh, no dead. But no, in normally normally peaceful 
Valley Village. Uh, that's deceptively uh, nestled near, um, I think it's like, I think Burbank and 170. It's sort of what we call Valley Village. And it's sort of a sort of an acquired taste. It's not really well known, but it's a quiet little little uh, enclave. Island enclave. Um, the cops right, are calling it North Hollywood, but yeah, I, but I thought Valley Village was was its own thing, not North Hollywood. Isn't there a shopping <clears throat> center in there? And that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. But gunplay doesn't happen there uh, a lot. But uh, there was gunplay. Seven shots fired. They don't get. No one saw nothing. It was at the end of a party. Uh, it was uh, early this morning, and uh, wounded taken to hospital. Uh, and, and once again, the breaking news is that Robert De Niro said F Trump. It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. Well, again, um, there's one for the history books. Um, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be forgotten now that he doesn't work anymore. Um, we do have some, some other breaking news about restaurants here in the Valley. <laughs> this is public record. Okay, this is public record. Six restaurants in the San Fernando Valley were closed between May 27th and June 2nd. Most of them are back open again. Several are not due to a public health hazard. Every single one of them has the public health hazard in common with each other. And I wonder if this means there's something special about this year, if, if, if it's cyclical. But um, the restaurants are Panaderia Esquintla on Reseda Boulevard. Closure reason. Cockroaches. Ew. Bua Siam, Sherman Way, North Hollywood, closure reason, cockroaches. Bob's Big Boy, <gasps> Bob's Big Boy. Which one? Not this one, on Corbin and Northridge. Not the, this, the, the, the iconic, iconic one, one here right. in Studio City, but on Corbin and Northridge, closed May oh, 30th. That's Burbank. No, Toluca Lake. Isn't that Toluca, Toluca Lake? Yes, yeah, just over the edge out of Burbank. Ah. Uh, so it is L.A. Um, closure region, it closed May 30th. Reopen on June 1st, so it's back open again. Cockroaches. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> more parks in Studio City. Thai Fusion Cuisine at The Dish. Closed May 30th, open June 2nd. Cockroaches. Uh, Faux Rider. Cockroaches. May 31st, their closure. They're still closed. Uh, they had a B, by the way. Tortilla Inn. Closure reason. Cockroaches. They're in Northridge. Uh, they will reop they reopen on June 4th. So... I guess I'm, the mystery to me is, do the health inspectors surprise inspect you? Because I thought that the word the word amongst um, people in the know over the years is that the L.A. County Health Department is one of the most easily um, influenced uh, departments <laughs> in all of L.A. County uh, administration. And I it was it was my understanding that they didn't surprise anybody. They called ahead. And if you get a heads what? up, that what's the point? Well, I know. Well, but <clears throat> cockroaches are hard to. I you can't train them to hide. I guess, but I mean, you could just douche the place with Ridex or whatever overnight, and uh, then cover the spell the smell with pine saw, hmm. and it would sound it would smell clean. You know, I know that I know all the tricks from working in college in a in in, in a restaurant, but uh, but this is something I've noticed. I've noticed for some reason this year there's way more cockroaches than there were last year, and I wonder if they are cyclical. But uh, so I don't blame I don't blame and also you know and here's uh, not not that I want to be Debbie Downer about Anthony Bourdain but one of the great things that Anthony Bourdain had had you know no problem saying was he said look folks when you prepare food professionally even in a high end kitchen you use your bare hands which you clean you keep them clean but you use your bare hands you don't wear gloves this, I think he was reacting when California passed that idiotic law that food preparers had to wear gloves. The, it was the sushi industry that said, that's not how we do it. 
We don't do it like that. We can't. We would have to change gloves every time. That's yeah. We can't get the feel of the the seaweed and the rice. And so they amended it. But Anthony Bourdain denounced it and said that is stupid. It's absolutely naive to think that kitchens are operating rooms. They're Didn't he not. Also operating advocate rooms. for foie gras. Um, did he? I, I'm, I'm thinking possibly. Well, you know what? If anyone, if you've ever owned a Nothing goose, wrong with that. if you've ever owned a goose, um, you will advocate for foie gras. Goose, geese are a-holes. <laughs> I mean, gigantic a-holes. Well, they leave a lot of gigantic things. But so Anthony Bourdain said, look, kitchens, you, you try to maintain them clean, but guess what? Somewhere in the corner of a Michelin three-star restaurant and somewhere in the world, there's a bug. And it's not affecting the taste of the food or the cleanliness of the place and all that. And he came out and said that. And, and, and he said, this is just in my, he said, in my experience in New York, we have bare hands. We wash our hands all the time. And we never transmitted anything. And yes, believe it or not, there are vermin in the, in the, in the restaurant. There's nothing you can do about it because, as it turns out, rats like to eat. And so do cucarachas. <clears throat> so I will pardon them. That's what they should do instead of the letters, the A, B, or C. There should there should be a silhouette. What kind of <laughs> yeah. what kind of featured? Yeah, I mean, only when they're closed. <laughs> Little creepy crawly. Yeah, it's to say closed May thirtieth, reopening June fourth, and there should be like two two cockroaches and one Norwegian brown rat, <laughs> just a silhouette right there, and, and you can you can judge if you want to go in or not. Have you, you ever seen a C? It's a red. See and then gone in and eaten. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have never seen a sea. I, I hear legend. I hear of seas. I've never even oh, well, seen was one. It, was it Asian food, Michael Chappelle? Hey, that's racist. I, I'm not sure, <laughs> and was. I'm wondering if if they did do away with the a sea. Sea? I've only. I think I can it, remember seeing seas around. It's and, a red. You know, it just stands it just out. Really stands. It basically says go away. Well, yeah. and and that's the thing is most people, the people that go to places with a capital B, know the place to be good and fine and delicious, and they don't have a problem with it. But they've never gotten sick there. But those restaurateurs, they hate the bees because yeah. they don't get new business. People, you drive by and you go, that's, uh, that's a bee. If, well, you kind of made the point, you know, if it's easy to get around the uh, L.A. County Department of Health and you got a bee, you're going, you know, I don't even trust an A. I know. I'm yeah. not going to go to a So B. that's that when you're on the border of a B and an A, that's, that's when suddenly it's... Uh, Oh, monsieur, is that your $100 bill on the floor? It's not mine. You're right. <laughs> I would know if it was my $100 bill. It must be yours. <laughs> and that's them, my French guy. So that's why I'm not racist. Um, we'll uh, be back in just a second. Uh, some more dead. And L.A. County initiates a review into the Dean Logan cause, the voter roster printing error that uh, disenfranchised 119,000 people uh, last week. Super hyper local Sunday Brian suits uh, back right after this KFI M six forty more stimulating talk Michael Chappé with the news. KFI M six forty more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday, of course. Tower Power playing at the Hollywood Bowl right now as we speak. Uh, Mo Kelly on the show earlier spoke with one of the founding members. And uh, Tower Power, of course, is the, the kicker in the sun with Earth, Wind, and Fire. The mom was saying, what, 1976, the, the iconic September. Um, uh, so Riverside hit and run, kills two, arrests made. Um, this was early Saturday morning. A hit-and-run suspect is in custody following a fatal traffic collision that killed two. I love it when they arrest the hit-and-run a-holes. 
Police arrested uh, Eric Figueroa Reyes, a 22-year-old of Fontana, following the crash 3 a.m. Saturday morning. First responders arrived uh, to the westbound 60 uh, at Market Street. They discovered a gray Jeep in the center median and a black Nissan Sentra off the roadway. According to a witness, the Sentra had been heading northbound on Market Street before attempting to make a left turn uh, onto the freeway on-ramp when the Jeep traveling southbound Ran a red light, broadsided the Sentra. The driver of the Jeep then fled on foot after two are dead. The female driver of the Sentra suffered minor injuries. One of her male passengers was pronounced dead at the scene. Another male passenger died a short time later. The two men who died did not appear to be wearing seatbelts, but the hit-run uh, foot race guy uh, was arrested. By the way, I, I witnessed, coming home Friday, filling in for uh, Gary and Shannon, and approximately, approximately 3.15... If you were northbound on the 14 right before Placerita Canyon and you were involved in the accident where the Prius was following way too close and you braked and he rear-ended you and then someone rear-ended him, I saw the whole thing and I am prepared to uh, tell you what I saw. So that was Friday. You or your loved ones were involved in that. Um, Vince Vaughn arrested at a checkpoint. I tweeted out the picture. I maintain, man, I got to say, probably the best celebrity mugshot of all time and it's not because it's embarrassing or he looks ripped it looks like a headshot that you send out before a audition actor vince vaughn arrested on suspicion of dui 12 30 a.m this morning sunday morning uh when he went through a checkpoint in the city of artesia um artesia boulevard and <clears throat> uh, prospect avenue i thought it was a manhattan beach yeah uh, I, I read that wrong oh. it was it, well here's what it says he went through a checkpoint in the city at Artesia Boulevard ah, and go. Prospect Avenue uh, is what it, they put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, or, or I did. Uh, authorities said Vaughn, along with the passenger, were detained at the checkpoint. He was then subsequently arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor DUI and resisting arrest. Yeah, yeah you don't do that. The passenger couldn't put a lid on it. She was arrested of suspicion of public intoxication and resisting arrest. Oh, you got a she out of that? I thought it was another guy. It's Vince Vaughn. No, I'm pretty sure it was another guy. Really? Yeah, let me see. Well, like, probably, That's what I've been probably, probably, probably a drinking buddy. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> well, They should have hooked up with some ladies, maybe. You know what? Let them drive. Just just sit there and say, Darren Cavanoke. You know, you don't... You, that's, you say 1-800-NO-CUFFS. You don't sit there talking back to the cops. If they have reason to detain you... They're going to FST you with the whole thing. STFU. Just just do it. But anyway, he made bail and the whole thing. But uh, you certainly don't uh, resist. Yeah, the, the AP's saying it was a guy, too. Oh, well, two, he was out with his bros. Now they're having a little... Uh, Both men, yeah, okay. Little glue, glue, glug, glug, vroom, vroom, crash, crash. Well, no, there was no accident. It was a checkpoint. It was right. a checkpoint deal. Those, uh, but 12.30 in the morning, they, what they say, license, check... <laughs> really, that what they say. Yeah. But, uh, good. yeah, we've seen a lot of mugshots here in L.A. down the years. Um, and a lot of them you can tell from the photo that either they don't know how serious it is, they're ripped and they're smiling. Uh, but this is not one of them. Like I say, it's like a pretty good picture. There was a bar downtown that had a bunch of mugshots of celebrities, like Suzanne Summers. Oh, wow. That was, yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, like someone microwaved her face. Uh, Victorville busloads of immigrant detainees arrived Friday morning at the Federal Correction Complex in Victorville. Uh, Jason Bobadilla, whose parents own a bakery near the prison, said it's been too hard. People are just looking to have a future, and really all they're doing is separating families. For the first time, the U.S. government is going to be putting immigration detainees in federal prison, therefore treating them like criminals. 
Imagine that, uh, said Derek Lowe, an immigration attorney with Immigrant Defenders Law Center. So again, when when Trump does what the Obama administration was doing, it's just really, really horrible. Uh, and uh, and there's that. All right, we come back. Um, sports ball. There's stuff to talk about. The Doyers are uh, are really close uh, here to the top of the NL West. Um, and uh, where will LeBron wind up? The eight one eight. Um, or the uh, the two one three, we don't know. What? Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. And uh, other sports ball talk with Kevin Figures when we come back. And who won the weekend at the box office? <clears throat> not a big surprise, but kind Uh-oh. of a surprise, but not a big surprise. I got that coming up. Oh, do you? Okay, no, feel <laughs> free then. Feel free. So like I say, it's not a big surprise. Not a big surprise. But it wasn't Han Solo. We'll tell you that. Um, back right after this, KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G, but I somehow, some way, keep coming up with... If I am 40 more stimulating talk, it is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian, it's in here until 10 p.m. We'll have uh, some some in-depth. We'll actually read the the numbers, the money uh, of the movies that box office. Well, in the world of sports ball, let's bring aboard Kevin Figures from the Pedras and Money Show every weekday in KLAC, our sister station down the hall, your home of the Doyers, also uh, half of the FNA podcast available at uh, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your your casts pod, podded. Um, let, let's start with this because this is like, uh, I heard this on uh, one of the syndicated shows there on KLAC, that we're now officially in the Where's LeBron Gonna Go season. And we are. And so I heard I heard something out of left field that I hadn't even contemplated that if if LeBron wants to start transitioning to life after basketball, then you do that in L.A. or New York. So why not come to the Lakers and help them win a championship or whatever? But then then someone said uh, uh, a contrarian said, no, 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 Clippers. But what are the odds he winds up at either team? Uh, I, the odds are much, much higher that he shows up with the Lakers than he does with the Clippers. Now, the Clippers are a factor in only because Jerry West, a former Laker great, great, exec, great player for the Lakers, obviously great executive for the Lakers. If Jerry West comes calling, and if people who don't know, Jerry West is an executive with the Clippers now, you have to listen. He's one of those people you, actually, you absolutely have to sit down you have to listen to him. And he is now, literally the, the NBA logo. He is literally the logo. You see the you see the logo of the NBA. That's him. That's him dribbling a basket. The white guy going to his right. Yes, that's him. Uh, one of the great players in the history of the sport, by the way. Uh, by the way, the only other player uh, he's one and eight in the NBA Finals. LeBron James now three and six. So the only player with more NBA final losses on his resume than LeBron James is Jerry West. So there's a some trivia there you can use with your friends at a bar. Uh, but LeBron James is going to sit down, listen to Jerry West, and whatever pitch he may have. But realistically speaking, they don't have the finances, number one, and really just don't have the draw from a, you know, the standpoint from, uh, from talent-wise. You know, the Lakers have a much uh, better, you know, younger uh, talent base. And LeBron James, if he's coming wherever he's going, he's going to bring somebody with him. And he doesn't, the Clippers don't have enough financial flexibility to bring LeBron James and another player like a Paul George or somebody else. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll see. I was a little surprised uh, and, and kind of let I, I have a lot of respect for LeBron as a businessman and a player and a guy who knows where he wants to go. For him to admit that uh, when they lost game one, because he was so mad at Jerry Smith that he punched uh, a, a dry erase board in the locker room and broke his hand. Yeah, that's like the least professional thing a LeBron James should be doing. 
for a team leader, number one. And I, I didn't like the fact that he kind of pouted at the end of the bench. People forget the entire J.R. Smith, the end of that sequence, all it did was send the game into overtime. The game was not over at that point. But if you look at LeBron's expression on that bench, and there were cameras that followed him that entire sequence through, uh, through the timeout, through the start of overtime, didn't interact with his teammates, didn't interact with the coach, wasn't rallying the troops. That was a sign. And then apparently in the locker room afterwards, he punches a board. He doesn't he bruise his hand severely. The idea that he broke it, it wasn't, it wasn't actually, he didn't dislocate or break anything. We found that out a little bit later. He was being a little overdramatic yes. at the podium after game four. Totally throwing a poopy. And it was just a bad look, Brian. It was, it was a bad look after the fact, after the series is over, to come out and sit in front of the, the media with a cast on your hand to say, oh, by the way, my handle's broken, as if you needed to use some sort of excuse as to why you lost. LeBron, nobody, few people criticize LeBron's individual performance in this series as to why they lost the game. I don't know if he's searching for extra sympathy from us. You're not going to get it from me, uh, especially for a self-inflicted wound. It's not like you, you took a hard tumble to the ground driving into the paint. Yeah. You punched a grease board on your own and got yourself injured. That's right. I said you score fifty and lose. Clearly, it's not your fault. And now right. you, you want this idiotic excuse. So anyway, I guess we'll see how this plays out. Uh, real quickly, Shohei Otani uh, yeah. has he been playing injured all this time? What's what, what's the injury on him? Okay, so Yahoo Sports right after the Angels signed him, or maybe about a month or so after the Angels agreed to terms to sign him came out with a report and said, hey, there's an issue with the UCL. For people that don't know, that's the ulnar collateral ligament. And when you hear Tommy John surgery, you hear about pitchers or players getting Tommy John, that's because there's a dislocation or there's something wrong with that ligament. And the recovery time, most of the time, is a year and sometimes up to a year and a half. And there was a report on the Yahoo Sports when the Angels signed him that, hey, this is something you need to look at. He's had some UCL issues over the past year. Now they use some rest and rehab and stem cell therapy type things to, to fix it, and he started the season just fine. Now, he hasn't said anything as far as it you know, bothering him this first half of the season at all, and then he goes, he leaves the game early uh, last week with a blister on his finger. As the blister is getting looked at, he tells the trainer, hey, I got a little something funky going on in my elbow, take a look at it, and they find out that there's another strain or some irregularities with his UCL. So, once again, before they actually shut him down and do Tommy John surgery, they're going to try to do some rest, some rehab. They did some more stem cell therapy, and they say they're going to reevaluate him again in another three-week period of time. And Angel fans, and really baseball fans internationally speaking, the guy really is an international sensation. Uh, wherever he goes, fan bases, you know, fans pop up to go see him. Uh, but it'll be a huge blow to Major League Baseball if Shohei Otani has to miss the remainder of the season and into next season at this point if he does end up having to have Tommy John surgery. Okay, we have uh, in our remaining minute, the Doyers uh, found their bats, three home runs today. They win the series against the Braves. Uh, the Dodgers are over five they They're only two and a half games behind in the NL West. What's the deal? Yeah, well, as well as they're playing, again, they're, it shouldn't be lost on us that their division is not that good. The fact that they are just over 500 and only two and a half games back of the division lead tells you it's a pretty mediocre National League West. Yeah, so, so are the Dodgers, Giants. The Giants are two and a half behind. Yeah. But the so, Giants so, kick ass, so. Of course they do, Brian. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the, the, the Dodgers getting some quality starts from some really some unknown places. They're starting staff has really been, you know, ravaged with a lot of injuries. You know, Rich Hill, when he was healthy, wasn't that effective. 
They expect to get him back next week because he's dealing with blister issues. Kenta Maeda might be back on Wednesday. But unsung heroes, and this has been the story for the Dodgers the last couple of years. You know, a guy like Max Muncy, who's come in and had home runs the last couple of the last couple of games, he's been this year's version of Chris Taylor, was another minor league guy that nobody expected to come in and make an impact. Ross Stripling was a starter today. His eighth start was phenomenal again. So they're getting some contributions from some some unsung heroes, some guys you weren't expecting. They're hoping if and when they get healthy on their starting staff, this just adds some more depth, and maybe they can actually you know make a trade, swing a trade, and get some some reinforcements and make a run in the second half of the season. But very encouraging that the Dodgers are playing .73, 73% ball over the last 23 games. That's not that bad, Ryan. Uh, Kevin Figures is the F and the FNA podcast available at iHeartRadio. Also, anywhere you get uh, podcasts. Also, part of the Petros and Money show on KLAC, your home of the Dodgers, AM570 KLAC. Uh, LA is home of the Doyers. All right, uh, K Fig, thanks for joining us. No problem, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah, bye bye. Um, and uh, when we come back, the, uh, the movies, but we'll get deep into the movies. Deep. Also, uh, I'm binge watching a new show, and I can't wait to go home and watch it tonight and, and tell all of you about it. Uh, that more coming up. It is the Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here one more time on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael should pay with the news. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits uh, here until 10 p.m. And I should probably, I haven't mentioned this live show that Dave and Buster's in Carlsbad. Uh, this Thursday, June 14th, 8 to 10 p.m., doors open at 7 so you can get all boozed up and uh, eat. There'll be folksy anecdotes and home movies and all this stuff. So for all you folks down there in San Diego. Home movies, cool. Yeah, I show I weave together my uh, my witty anecdotes and uh, folksy banter with, uh, with home movies and uh, stories and things like that. So fun, fun live show. <clears throat> uh, go to at Dark Secret Place on Twitter, and the pinned tweet is a link to where you can buy tickets. Two for 26 bucks. So bring a friend or bring an enemy, whatever. Uh, meanwhile, here in Burbank, uh, Southwest Airlines is going to be uh, opening up flights to Chicago, Houston, uh, and other places. So, again, the Burbank Airport, which I still I still call Bob Hope. And I still don't, I don't understand why they felt the need to take his name off that airport, but Anyway, I still call it Bob Hope, but it's the Burbank Airport. Pardon me, Hollywood Burbank Hollywood Airport. Burbank. The Hollywood Burbank Airport, yeah. Only because it's on Hollywood Way? I, I mean, I don't I get suppose. it. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, Hollywood's not within mortar range of, of that airport. But uh, starting, and I wish it was, uh, starting November 4th, travelers can take a daily nonstop from Sunday to Friday from Burbank to Chicago Midway. Additionally, uh, you can fly Friday, Sunday to Friday, uh, to the uh, Hobby Airport in Houston, which is not the, the main one. And there's no need to build high-speed rail to Chicago or Houston, none whatsoever, because there is an aeroplane. There's, this is what's amazing. There is 20th century technology that will get you there uh, five, five times faster than the, uh, the 18th century technology that uh, Governor Brown uh, favors. So uh, there's that. Well, uh, Ocean's 8, $41.5 million opening. It looks uh, pretty damn good. Uh, way better than that Ghostbusters reboot crap <clears throat> where it existed in a completely different world and had nothing to do with the other Ghostbusters. I, I do actually, I'm going to go see this Ocean's 8. The deal is Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister. I didn't know that. I, uh, I didn't catch that in the trailer. I didn't know that. It's at the very beginning of the trailer. Uh, what's his name? That English guy who has a late night talk show uh, mentions that he's talking to her. 
So it exists in the same world as Ocean's 11, 12, 13. And so, um, so she is Danny Ocean's uh, sister. It, apparently it is funny and it's well written and well directed. Like good, good cast, yeah. Uh, like the uh, David, uh, oh, who directed Ocean's Eleven? I mean, he was so well done. Um, oh, I just I knew it and I forgot it like three seconds ago. But anyway, um, so uh, so there you go. Steven uh, Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah, Soderberg. yeah, yeah. He did Eleven and Thirteen, I, I believe. And I don't think he he directed this one. But anyway, it, it looks good. So I'm a fan of the Caper movies, uh, and it's good. So um, so check this out. They've done uh, they released Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. To foreigners, really? not here in the U.S. yet. It's around the world, overseas. It's released 151 million around the world. Um, and, and like they don't know that it's the same movie. Only now they throw in volcanoes. <laughs> it's like that's what's going on. We all know what's going on. The they've they continue to engineer uh, dinosaurs uh, against better advice, but now. There's a volcano. How timely! I thought they just get out of their pens and it's all over the world. Oh, it always is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so so uh, so this time, uh, the dinosaurs are on an island and they have to save the dinosaurs. Is it, Jeff Goldblum in it? Sorry. <laughs> I. You know what? If he's not, they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, they should like. Is he in it? Okay, Josh says he's in it. If okay. they if they don't put him in every Jurassic Park movie, they're just stupid. Um, but uh, you know, I'll wind up seeing it. I like Chris Pratt and I like the effects. I'm still, we're all just sitting here on our asses waiting for Incredibles 2 to open up. That's that I know. Um, well, tomorrow night, um, I'm part of Fox News and Fox Business's coverage of the uh, Trump-Kim summit in Singapore. Oh. For instance, it is uh, it is uh, 1 p.m. in Singapore right now. Right now, the president's in a working meeting with the uh, prime minister of Singapore. Uh, this time tomorrow, there will be meeting setups. So if you're watching the live coverage on Fox News, um, uh, Chris, what's his name? Uh, Brett Baer is in Singapore. Uh, Chris Wallace is in uh, Singapore. So uh, I'll be uh, back here in Studio City for Fox Business as well as Fox News. So just just know that I will be wearing a blazer and tie um, uh, above the waist. But what, I, what time is I, that? I am wearing shorts. I'm gonna I'm gonna my part is gonna be coming on from 11 p.m. on. So I'm going to be I'm going to be on call to like 4 a.m. and then I'm going to come here and do a Tactical Tuesday with uh, Bill Handel. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Brian before you got cut out tonight that you were binging something. Oh, The Expanse on Sci-Fi, oh, the show that they just canceled, <clears throat> um, and then someone else is picking it up. But I'm in season one because all these people said probably one of the best sci-fi things ever done. Um, I haven't uh, heard of not it. that channel, but on, they're right. It's great. It's a it's a world about 200 years in the future where we've colonized Mars and they've broken away from Earth uh, government. They feel like they're uh, they're independent and libertarian. They don't like the UN has taken over. The UN runs the Earth. The Martians have have uh, rival or better technology, but they are humans. They're just they're just eight or nine generations off the Earth. Uh, and <clears throat> there's a it's a missing it's a detective story. There's a missing woman and. So uh, The Expanse, it's available. It's on Google Play. If you're an Amazon Prime person, you can get all three seasons there. Uh, and I nearly called in sick to work tonight. <laughs> so good. But then I figure I only work four hours on KFI a week. I mean, surely I can make it. But, uh, but uh, no, really, really good. The Expanse is what it's called. You've come to work sick, so I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because why would I? Um, all right. Uh, well, uh, producer Joey Murata, Josh Saylor, Michael Spade, thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday at 8 p.m. 
for stuff happening in the Southland. Thanks for listening to Super Hyper Local Sunday here on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.